podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. Well, it wasn't to be. Over two legs at the weekend, the Britain Cup final was decided and a massive congratulations to Invicta Dynamos. Carl Lennon's boys deservedly taking both games and lifting the prize. Of course, it's now down to the playoffs as we once again play our neighbours from across the Dartford Bridge for the right to appear in the showpiece at Milton Keynes. Guests are plenty coming up this week as well. I'll be joined by Chieftains number 43, Ethan Reid, Great Britain under-18 starlet Talia Davidson-Wright and Chieftains number 88, Matty Turner. Their return to the club was announced together and they're here on the same episode. But first, let's get the reports on the cup final weekend. Closed day 12, some random police stoppages, a busy car park, a long queue and the news that Cameron Bartlett and Dan Fay were suspended for the final meant the Britain Cup final experience for the Chieftains did not start well. The game was 100 miles an hour with both teams playing well and having chances to Sardry and Ryder showing everyone what they're made of. Chieftains had a power play chance halfway through the first but were unable to capitalise. And on 13-13, as bad luck would have it, Owen Dell latched onto a loose puck in front of goal and tucked it at home coolly, giving the hosts a 1-0 lead. Chieftains had another power play chance, with four minutes to go in the first, but couldn't pull a goal back. As the period was winding down, Jarrett Hoosh got in close and clipped past the Sardry for 2-0, with 13 seconds remaining. The end of the first was 2-0. The visitors came out flying for the second, feeling they'd been wronged in the first as the level of play didn't warrant being 2-0 down. Four minutes into the second and Rayner and Stevenson went toe-to-toe, ended by a superb uppercut from Rayner that sent the Moe's instigator's helmet flying through the air. Both got five, Stevenson the extra two for roughing. The performance of physicality clearly had the desired effect as two minutes later Sasha Maltsev pulled a goal back for the Chieftains. Hush got himself clear on a breakaway but was brilliantly foiled by Luca Tassadri. On 17.09, Maltsev and Gel combined to get Kieran Rayner the chance to score and he duly obliged, making it 2-2 on the night. As the second was winding to a close, the Chieftains thought they'd completed a comeback. No one entirely sure what had gone on, but the goal was disallowed and Ryder got two for roughing. Right at the start of the third and Lillis took two for boarding and as the visitors were forging their special teams play, Strawson intercepted, releasing Dell, who got his second of the night and gave the home side the lead shorthanded. 
On 51-45, a former chieftain stuck the knife in further as Laszczek made it 4-2 to Invicta. Two minutes later, Saw and Strawson assisted Hush for his second of the night as the Motors were starting to put one hand around the Britain Cup. With just under four minutes to go, Long got two for roughing and the Chieftains had another power play. But on 56-24, a great assist from Hush was finished by Colvin as he made it 6-2 with a second shorthanded goal of the night. Still on the power play, Hitchings released Matt Turner, who digged his way through the invicted offence and dangled a backhanded finish past Ryder, making it 6-3 on 57-54. The game finished 6-3, advantage Invicta, as it's all back over the Dartford crossing for the second leg at a sold-out Riverside Ice. An enormous crowd gathered outside the riverside, the tension palpable in the air, a sense of hope from the home fans and perhaps some trepidation in the visitors. An extra addition to the unavailable roster as Kieran Rayner's fight from Saturday night earned him a penalty point too many and he will now endure a two-game ban. Ollie Baldock did return to the lineup for the game that started very evenly and with very high quality, very few stoppages and some good flowing moves. Tassadri was called into action first as he stopped Hushk on an early breakaway. Chieftains were struggling to break down a dogged defensive style from the Dynamos as they packed around the goal whenever they felt it was under threat. Chieftains had a power play chance on 14-20 after Chard got two for tripping, but despite a patient build-up, the gap could not be found. The first finished 0-0. Into the second and the Chieftains really started to press, pinning Invicta back into their own defensive zone and almost went ahead when Grant Bartlett broke down the right ding the iron with a powerful wrist shot. Halfway through the second, Maltsev was given two for tripping when it appeared the Dynamo's player fell over his own stick whilst trying to retrieve it, but into the box the young Ukrainian went. Just 10 seconds into the power play, the Dynamo's went ahead when Jarrett Hush swept home from the slot. The Chieftains got straight back on the offensive and pinned in Victor in. Good efforts from Clark and Bulldog came close, but Grant Bartlett scrambled the puck over the line on 32 flat to make it 1-1 on the night. Chieftains had another power play chance on 35 minutes after Strawson got two for hooking, but again, their special teams held strong. The game continued to be tight and physical, but still, even with so much at stake, a real advert for hockey at this level. The second finish 1-1. The third was similar to the first, being very tight, chumps were trying to pin in Victor in, and when they managed to break, Tassadri stood like a brick wall. However, on 54-36, a break by Lillis through the centre fed Dell to the left and he cut in and shot top shelf to give the Dynamos the lead on the night and extend the lead on aggregate. A couple of minutes later and Harris broke after being fed by Laschek and Lillis and took Tassadri's bottle off the net with a tremendous effort. Invicta dinged the iron in the final second, but 3-1 it finished, 9-4 on aggregate and Invicta Dynamos lift the Britain Cup. Every single player in the black and gold gave their all. Standouts from the weekend were the men of the match from Saturday and Sunday, TJ Fillery and Sasha Moltsev, but every player showing they would skate for a brick wall for their team. The hurt look on their faces at the presentation is, I'm sure, a bullet in the chamber for the playoff quarterfinals next weekend. Other results in the NIHL 1 South, the league came to a conclusion. No change in places available, but some proceedings to be completed. On Saturday, the Solent Devils travelled to Romford and returned from Essex successful after a 6-3 victory at the Sapphire. 
and the champions, the Streatham Red Hawks, set the record in the league this season with a 22-0 victory over the MK Thunder, setting a worrying precedent for their playoff clash next weekend. The Chelmsford Cobras took a tough defeat at the Swindon Topcats, 13-4 the final score there, despite the Cobras outshooting their hosts. The under-18 Mohawks travelled to Basingstoke this Sunday, winning 7-0. Two goals from Clover, a goal apiece from the Beckett brothers, Bettle, Higgins, Tilbrook and Rolfe saw the under-18s take home the points. And a 23-shot shutout for Heath Prentice. So well done to all involved there. The under-12s Mini Chieftains unfortunately lost 7-2 at title rival Slough. So we wait to see the outcome of the national championships there for the under-12s. Well, that's all the results done, so let's get into the guests for this week. First up, we've got a little chat with Great Britain under-18 ladies player, Talia Davidson-Wright. Lovely. Uh, Talia Davidson-Wright, how are you doing this evening? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well, thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, always nice to hear how the young ladies of British hockey are, are getting on. So you are one of the Great Britain under-18s ladies starlets, but where do you play your domestic hockey? At the moment for my women's teams, I'm playing for Queen Bees, predominantly 5Es, Ice Bees and the, their elite team. And then for boys, I'm playing under-16 Slough Jets. Oh, wow. So all out of Slough as well? Yeah. Fantastic. Did you ever play in the old Bracknell rink? Oh, no, never. No, so you are based in primarily in Slough? Yeah. Oh, excellent. How did you, how's your weekend go this weekend? Did you play? Um, I had two boys games. I won my first game on Saturday and we lost the second game. Yeah. How do you, how do you find it playing boys hockey? Because it's, uh, it's, it's one of the only sports where it's, it can happen. Oh, um, yeah. And being I, such a physical sport, do you find they, they back off or do they get yeah, involved? I feel like sometimes when people notice that I'm a girl, like they have like a few comments or, but then I don't think it really, like the boys don't really hold back, which I quite like, enjoy. Yeah that makes sense it's like I don't really want to be seen as different because I'm a girl I yeah uh, I think Lily Endicott said about occasionally they'll see a ponytail coming out the back of the helmet and they might be like but I said but I think most male hockey players these days have got mullets and moustaches so ponytail coming out of the back isn't a giveaway <laughs> but, um, so where did it all start for you then is there anyone in your family that plays that inspired you to do it or is it just you um, well, I have an older brother. Um, he used to play for Slough. Um, and basically, we both started roller hockey. Yeah. Um, I was about six. He was about, like, eight. And um, we kind of just joined a local club. We just really enjoyed it. A couple of people got into ice hockey. And so we just joined in, had a session at Oxford and just loved it ever since. Oh, so your first session was actually at Oxford? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Up at the Oxpens. Um, did you continue playing roller hockey? Yeah, no, I still play it today. I really do love it. It's um, it's it's a bit different to ice hockey, I must say, but I just I really like that it's a different, completely different style. You know, it's four on four, and um, you know, I play with a ball. I just really like it. Yeah, what what are those key differences for you then? Is the ball a, a massive difference to the puck? Well, I mean, I feel like it's it's a bit lighter, if that makes sense. So I feel like you can do a lot more, and shooting's a bit different. But um, yeah, it's just. It's quite enjoyable. I, yeah. It, the physical aspect of it kind of happens when you're a lot longer, younger. So it kind of just gets used to it for ice hockey. So, yeah. Oh, so it certainly sort of stands you in good stead for yeah, moving exactly. into ice hockey. Okay, so how old were you when you started roller hockey? Six, uh, you said, sorry. 
And then yeah. ice, ice was shortly after. Uh, about eight. Oh wow! So yeah, really, really young start. So what teams did you play for when you first started? Was that still Slough or was that Oxford? Uh, ice hockey. Yeah. Yeah, Oxford. Oh, fantastic! Have they got a, a female set up up there now? Um, I, I think they've the, got the Midnight Stars. Midnight they? Stars, is that, yeah. Is that the, the that older was, ones? But yeah, no, I just with all like the different clubs I'm running around with, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, the travelling for I've been assuming your parents must be phenomenal. Getting <laughs> does your brother still play? Oh no, he's stopped three years ago. He's at, um up in Plymouth and University at the moment. Oh right, so he's was he surfing instead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. So uh, what's your your gear spec then? Is there any sort of particular brand of gear you like? And is there something that you do wear that you shouldn't or something you don't wear that you should? <laughs> well, um, that was definitely my favourite. Yeah. I don't know what people are on about CCM. but uh, uh, <laughs> Bauer, if you're listening, some sponsorship here. <laughs> um, Bauer Vapor definitely my favorite hockey stick i've got the hyperlight at the moment it's a great yeah. stick um i do have a reebok um body armor actually that's probably the one bit of gear that i shouldn't have um but yeah no it's definitely definitely bow is that more comfortable for you than the reebok one um i mean i got it for my brother and i've just used it so it's it works does the job i'm liking it so, and I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're also sponsored by Carl Catley Media. Yeah, I am. It's great. Um, and has he sponsored your equipment? Yes. Yeah. No, he's been a great help. I've got my stick from him, my gloves, my helmet, jerseys and like um, a water bottle. It's just like really great help and just really like makes me like feel great on the ice. Yeah. How did that come about then? Well, um, you know, Abby Minter that was on the podcast recently. Yeah. She, um, she got sponsored by him and like I kind of just sent a message started talking and then just like he kindly offered to help and just like since then it's just been made a contract and it was great yeah he's doing really fantastic stuff for, for some of the young players in this country yeah he's doing um, great have you got uh, an inspiration like a hockey player that you've really looked up to well um I've this is like my first year of playing with elite women and so really just the queen bees on my team just like every single week in and out just inspiring me like I've learned yeah. so much from them it's great playing with them and have you felt your progression since you've been playing at a higher level that you've uh, improved oh, yeah definitely like it's a completely different sport to I find in mix and um it's just great to learn about it like the different way we play now do you um do you wear the same number for GB as you do for your oh uh, no your I team? no I've been wearing 21 recently but um, I normally wear 60. 60, is it? And that's your yeah. your cho- number of choice. And yeah. what's the reason behind that? Well, um, my birthday's on the 6th of March. And so I'm normally six, but then my brother was 60. And I kind of just copied him. Yeah. <laughs> now, as you hear that quite a lot, actually, especially with, with young ladies who've got an older brother that sort of goes into it. And nine times out of ten, you outlast the boys. Yeah. They give it they give it up and, and don't bother and you and you guys carry on playing, which is brilliant. Have you uh, have you played Dan Chumpster at all this year? Oh yeah, I just played there recently actually. Um uh tight game we drew. But I it was yeah, I do mean it's it's a solid rank. <laughs> was that with the sixteens? Um Ice Bees, yeah. Ice Bees, yeah, that was against the Rattlesnakes. Yes. Yeah, three three draw last weekend, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so much, so many results, so many teams. Can't can't keep track. I need it all written down. But um, now on the, how, how do you find the chance to drink things? I'm assuming you've probably played it quite a few across the country. Oh yeah, no. Um, I think it's actually quite a good one. I like I like the ice a lot. Um, the change room is a bit of like a weird one to get to. It's like going downstairs, but uh, I yeah. do like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, keep your keep your um keep your skate guards on to go up and down them. Yeah, definitely. And then don't forget to take them off before you go on the ice, otherwise it's. Uh... Although we did uh, this this weekend at the Chelmsford Chieftains home game, as the players all entered entered the ice from uh, from the door on the side to start the game, our netminder took a flying Klinsman out of there. So I don't know if he still had his skate guards on or he just took a, a little stumble, but it was uh, it was certainly impressive, and uh, kept a smile on everybody's face. So what about uh, other rinks in the country then? Have you got a particular favourite that you like playing in? Oh, definitely Nottingham. I um, only actually really played in it for the first time last year. And just yeah. that, so like big around the stadium itself. It's just incredible. It's great. Oh, yeah. that's, um, I think it's brilliant when they can get the young teams to play in the arenas. Yeah. It's um, give you a little taste of, of what, what's there to come if you sort of can stick it out and, and get it through. So have you got anything coming up with Great Britain under 18s? Um, I don't think so at the moment. I, I know that trials are going to come up quite soon. Looking forward to them. Yeah. Lovely. And are you um, are you finishing high school? Are you college now? Or? Oh, I'm, I've got my GCSE exams um, starting in May. Oh, so you'll be you're 15 now then? Uh, 16. Oh, you're 16 now? Yeah. So you're sort of, you are coming to the end really of playing youth hockey. You'll be playing. Yeah, no, I do want to play under 18s boys, but um, I'm yeah. where women will take me. Oh, that's no, fantastic. Have you got any um, ambitions to be playing abroad? Oh, yeah, no. That's such a dream of mine. I'd love to go to university abroad. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah, somewhere in America, hopefully get a scholarship. It just, like, it's just so incredible to, to see, like, how much work you can do out there. It's just great. Yeah. Have you done any hockey camps abroad? No, never. I've, I've been looking into some, but they just, yeah, I haven't done any, but they look really great. Yeah. Uh, did you find uh, playing obviously with Great Britain? Uh, I'm assuming you've played in other countries as well. Yeah. That, that there is a difference in style. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was a great opportunity to play against teams like that, and it's just like so great to see just the different styles of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that sort of that sizes up to the British style? Because obviously, it's I would say it's top ten in this country, the sport, but it's it's not top five. It's yeah. it's going to take a hell of a push to get into that top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke with a few of your other compatriots about you know the funding that needs to be improved to get the yeah. sport moving. But do you feel that, especially with the ladies, that the progression is getting there and this country is is actually getting itself up their rankings, moving I, through the pools? Yeah, I know. Like seeing some of the younger girls, especially playing nowadays, it's like really great to see. Um, it's just so incredible just the way people just we're just getting better and better and I do think we can just keep on going yeah I honestly think the the British ladies have got a fantastic chance at the Olympics for the yeah. for the next Olympics um and for me I'd love to see them there and I'd love to see the guys there as well but I, th- I think the ladies have probably got a slightly better chance yeah I think so too of, of getting there but the um obviously that would be an incredible thing for you would it the Olympics is that something that's there in your mind for the future yeah no, when I was younger, so like the only thing I'd ever talk about, just like being, I'm going to go to the Olympics, not really knowing about like the way the selection works for the team. Yeah. I was just very adamant I wanted to go. 
So you follow the sport recreationally? Um, kind of. I mean, when I was younger, I kind of just followed whichever team which like had a cool logo. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, in this country and abroad? Um, mainly in like NHL. Like I liked Detroit a lot. <laughs> you like the what, sorry? Detroit Red Wings. Oh, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Do, you still, do you still follow the Red Wings, keep an eye out for their results? I've got like little updates every now and again. Yeah, uh, but it was all for the logo. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, about in this country, do you follow any any teams in the elite league or the uh, um, national? Well, Slough, you know, I really do like watching some of their games. It's just great hockey to watch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think at both levels it's certainly improving. I've been to see the Cobras a couple of times at Chelmsford. Yeah. Um, the ladies' hockey is improving. The men, we've just had the Britain Cup final with the Chieftains and the Invicta Dynamos. The quality over the two games was was immense. It's really, really improving. Yeah. Um, and it's such an exciting game to watch. I think when a lot of people have never seen it before and they come and watch it, they get addicted. Yeah, definitely. No, I've got my PE teacher asking to watch my games now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Do any of your other friends at school play? Oh, no, no, not really. I, a couple of people ask about it, but um, I don't think anyone's like ready to join. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, from what I hear from a lot of the places, they're full. Yeah, we, we see. Yeah, we're, you know, we're trying to push the sport out there and we're saying, you know, get on the learn to plays, get in the public skates and, and get your get your skating down. But the, all the learn to plays are full and the, oh. the, la- the ladies teams are just all full. But I think it's just a lack of facilities. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really struggling for ice. Obviously, over your your end of, of London, I suppose, that now Bracknell's gone. Slough is that only real rink? Oh, yeah, no, Bracknell, basically, like half the club moved to Slough. Yeah, so it's you know you're going to be struggling for ice time there yourself. Um, I know it's something that is different in women's. Obviously, you play adult hockey at 14, can't you? In women, there's no Chelmsford rule. Yeah. Um, which is a, a bane of frustration for many of the 14-year-old lads, I think. Do you think? Uh, oh, so it's quite a loaded question actually for a young player. Do you think it would benefit having a exceptional player scheme where you could take two or three of the best players that were under 16? and put them in with the adults? Um, I think that would be quite like a... It would be interesting to see how it turned out. I think it would be quite a good opportunity for those players. Mm. And I just think, like, especially at this age, it's just you can learn so much so quickly, and especially being in environments like that. Yeah, that's a brilliant answer, actually. I think you're spot on that the obviously the younger you are, you can pick things up and they can become habit, and then yeah. that's with you for the rest of your career. Um, the, I mean, the question was kind of aimed because I'm not sure how much you've kept up with the international hockey with the with the men. But over the end of last year, we had the junior championships over in America and Connor Bedard was just ripping it up for Canada, scoring ridiculous points left, right and centre. He's 15 years old and he's, he's going to get the exceptional player status and he's going to be able to play men's hockey. And whole NHL are falling over themselves to try and try and get him but it's because he's been given that opportunity which is yeah. I think that's what we need to do here with our exceptional young talent is give you the opportunity push you on and push the sport forward yeah definitely yeah I think that's a great idea so who's the who's the best player that you've played with in your time Ooh, played with or against or do both oh um that's a tough question actually um at, um at Queen Bees, to be fair I really like the way Catherine Gale plays. Yeah. I think, and she's also my coach for Ice Bees. And I just feel like her style of play 
I really like it and just um I definitely want to be a player like her when I'm older and I think against did you ever hear about Linda Rule at um the world championships recently no, no. she's she played for Latvia she's she just I think she just got a um like a scholarship at an American university um somewhere but it's yeah she's insane and like it's just doing it just made me feel like really like whoa we can really get there yeah oh, I'm certainly going to have a look up on that on YouTube and see if I can find any of her, her stuff but no uh, excellent so how's the rest of the season looking for you obviously we're coming towards the business end now are you um are you involved in any post-season with any of your your teams as in like post-season like exercising uh no like playoffs or any, oh, any cups sorry. or anything like that yeah no I think um for Queen Bees hopefully we can get to playoffs um, I think for ice bees, there's still a chance. Fire bees, I'm not too sure, but um, definitely we're just gonna keep on working at it. But queen bees, 100%. I think. Yeah. We can get. Do you know Do you know when and where your showpiece is for for that? Is that the WNIHL one? Yeah, I'm not too sure really, but um, yeah, no, I'm not too sure. Sorry. No, no that's all right. I'm sure I'll look it. I'll be able to find it because um, obviously the Chelsea are in that league as well, aren't they? So that's yeah. But I think they're just outside for, for playoffs. I'm not quite sure they're going to get there. But, yeah, no, it's certainly worth looking up. But, anyway, well, Talia, thank you so much for joining me and telling us about your, your ice hockey career. Thank you, uh, Yeah, Talia Davidson. Oops. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Choking on myself there. Talia Davidson-Wright, keep an eye on the name and see these young girls coming through. And then we're probably looking at, what, 2029 Olympics, I think, will be the one that... Yeah. I think all you guys might might break it, might break through. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. A massive thank you to Talia for joining me there. Always nice to hear how these young girls are getting on, progressing through their hockey careers and obviously representing their country as well. Really is fantastic to hear. Uh, so our next guest for today then is a player that returned to us this season, our number 43, Ethan Reed. Number 43. Sometimes, well, alright, maybe all of the time. I'm on a false ego trip, well, I'm a renegade of sorts. I roam the concrete jungle hunting idiots for sport and now the cocaine scene. Lovely. Right. Ethan Reid, how are you doing this evening, fella? I'm good. Just been kind of relaxing after yesterday. Obviously, the tough weekend, so. Yeah, yeah tough. Good. Yeah. Tough game to take. What's your thoughts on the weekend? To be honest, I think we came up against a good goalie. Um, the first two periods on Saturday were good. We had a bit of a kind of blip for five minutes on the third period and it kind of cost us kind of going into second. And then on Sunday, I think we played really well and again came up against a hot goalie. And it was tough to score, which is what we needed to do on Sunday pretty much. So, yeah, tough weekend overall, really. Yeah, I was... Uh... Looking through, I was just writing up my match reports and and the stuff, and looking through all the stats. The power plays just seemed vital because they yeah. they scored on a couple of theirs and scored on a couple of ours as well. So it was. Yeah, I think when you when you get the opportunities, like you said, like that's the moments that you kind of need to put it away and capitalise. And obviously, we got quite a lot of power plays that we just couldn't do that on. So. I think, yeah, that was probably a key factor over the weekend and how it played out. But Yeah, they were defensively yeah. very, very solid last night at the Riverside. Yeah. 
But um, so after a, a great season with the Chieftains last season, finishing playoff runners up, yeah. um, you you stepped up to the national level to join the Raiders, um, and then halfway through the year come back. So uh, talk us through the move and the move back. Um, well, to be honest with you, my, my goal was always to come down here and to play at the highest level I possibly could. And I, I felt that at the end of last year, after having a good year, that I could take the step up. Um, Romford, I thought, was the right place for that. And to be honest with you, it was, because I got a good idea of um, what that level was like, what it would be like living with teammates, and then coming back to Chelmsford, I think it was more of a a personal thing, because I was getting pretty homesick at Romford, and obviously I know Grant, and he offered me to stay with him and that was kind of like a, a move that I felt I couldn't knock back pretty much yeah. so it's, it's kind of worked out well for me um, I've got work here and yeah I'm just enjoying kind of the area that I'm in and I'm comfortable with it like I was last season obviously experiencing Chelsea now I'm only 20 minutes down the road in Brentwood so it's, it's kind of similar in that sense yeah, no, I, was, I'm, I know that everyone was thrilled that, that, that you came back. It was you know, one of the players we were really sorry to see go at the end of the last. Um, one of my most memorable moments with you was January last year. You were called up to the England under-23s. Now, we yeah. won't beat around the bush. Anyone who's listening can see here, you are not English. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, was, what was the crack with that? <laughs> to be fair, I had the exact same thought. I went, <laughs> I went there thinking to myself, why am, why am I getting asked to play for the England under 23s? The training camp was good. Um, obviously, I, I made the team and then it, it came to me that you couldn't play for England when you're Scottish, which like, I already knew that. <laughs> so, obviously, that was a tough phone call to hear four days before the game, but it was understandable. Do you know what I mean? Like You don't want to be giving a Scottish guy a spot in an English team when there's a, a, plenty of other English defensemen that could have played in that team and did at the end up. So yeah. I think it just kind of worked out that way, to be honest. Yeah, because obviously you, Kieran was selected as well, wasn't he? But he's yeah, he's a half and half, should we say? Uh, well, that, I think he's he's played juniors in England, so that worked that worked out like that he could play for the England team in that way. Yeah, but obviously I played all my junior career in Scotland, played seniors in Scotland, and then just moved here two years ago so I'm uh, I'm Scottish you know what I mean so I've got no English in me <laughs> So where did it start for you in Scotland then was it all Glasgow? Um, well I started off um, just going public skating when I was seven or eight and then I seen like a poster for the the clan games in the first season when they got founded in 2010 I think it was and there was like a kind of like learn to play session in Brayheads called the Peewees so I'd yeah. done that for a year and then when I was nine or ten, I started playing competitively at North Air. Moved to Murrayfield when I was 14 and then stayed at Murrayfield for four years, played two years senior there. And then COVID hit and that kind of stopped me playing from 17 to 19, I think. And then moved to Chelmsford from there pretty much. And you said it was always your ambition to come down to England and play as high well, as you can. My, my ambition was always to go and play away from home like that was always the ambition whether it was Canada America but when I was younger obviously the offers I got from Canada and America they just weren't financially possible so from there I knew that my next option would be to come down and play in England somewhere and it just so happened that it's in a good place in London which I've got to experience London it's the first time 
I've kind of been in London in general, never mind hockey. So yeah, yeah, it was it was always my ambition to come and play away from home and experience living on my own and getting a bit of um, not not stableness, but like experience life without relying on parents and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, even even at the top level in England, it's very difficult to make a really good living, isn't it, out of this sport? But it's um, yeah, yeah. Certainly, if you found somewhere that you're comfortable staying and you've got yourself some work and playing hockey at the same time, that's certainly going to make life a little bit easier for you. Uh, you did go back up quite often, though, didn't you? Often see you at Stansted Airport and yeah, popping well, back up. I do. I, I'm a I'm a mum's boy, so I get pretty homesick. <laughs> yeah, I, so any opportunity I get to go home, I. I take it and it's it's nice because the, the flights are cheap and easy jet so it's it's no breaking the bank or anything like that to go home it, it works well for me and it keeps it keeps me mentally focused and not homesick thinking about other things when it comes to game days and stuff like that so it works it perfect really yeah well uh, what sort of success did you have in junior hockey at scotland um well I've, I've always played in good teams but we've been pretty unlucky that there's um, good kind of junior setups in Scotland, like Fife and Solway and stuff like that. But I think when I was under 12s um, at North Earth, we won the league at under 12s, under 14s, and under 16s. And then moving to Murrayfield, we won the Scottish Cup in under 16s and got runners up, I think, three years in a row to Fife. And as I said, Fife are one of the best junior setups in Britain, never mind Scotland. So it was, it's, it's a tough league when you've, when you've got that up against you. But yeah, we've been. We were pretty successful from the kind of opportunities that we got in the Scottish Cup and league and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, did you manage to get any of the like watch any of the elite league up there when Glasgow had been in there? Yeah, I was a season ticket holder um, all the way up until I started playing like games at the same time as the kind of I watched the first game against Whitley Bay or how I think it was, and then season ticket holder for five six years I think, and then. Obviously, I started playing games, so I, I couldn't make it anymore. But when I'm up there, yeah. I'm trying to get to as many games as possible, and I, I enjoy watching Clan that as my team. So yeah, yeah, they've certainly got a really good fan following, and uh, and online particularly, they're very very vocal and very very proud of where they're from. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, which is great, and it's good to see. Was it three Scottish teams in that elite league now? So it's um, it's certainly getting its representation. Yeah, yeah, but Edinburgh was in the league I think four years ago, and they folded, but yeah, the three teams that are in in the league represent Scotland well. I would say, um, mm. the fan bases that the three teams, Fife, Dundee, and Clan are unreal. So yeah, yeah and Fife, Fife made the Challenge Cup final this year as well, didn't they? I did. I, I was I actually watched the game against Sheffield in the semi final. I think it was. It was a good game. It's always entertaining to see Fife play. I loved going to the the derbies, and the Clan Fife games, and some of the best games I've watched. To be honest, yeah. How does that rivalry kind of set up between like the the Romford and Chelmsford one? Um, I don't I don't know. It's 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 hard to say because in that league there's so many imports that maybe the first few games they play against each other they like they don't understand it as much. But then once it gets to like the final few games they they kind of understand like how much it means to the fans. But here obviously it's a lot of English English based players that have grew up watching it so. Yeah. They, they know the rivalry before they even stepped on the ice to play the first game. Um, yeah, coming to coming to Chelmsford, sorry, like the first Romford game I played was I think it was packed to it and it was it's, it's good. Obviously, it's not 
Chelmsford against the first team, but even against playing against the second team, it's still unreal. Yeah, I think obviously when we go to the Sapphire to play the second team, it's generally not as full as it as it would be for the firsts. But when they come to us, because obviously we're the first team in Chelmsford, it's always rowdy for that game. They bring a great following down. We've always got a great following in. Um, I think that's something we could probably say from last night, actually, as well, is I think the fans were tremendous last night. Yeah. Really, really loud, getting, getting behind the lads. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, couldn't quite push push it through. Um, I've got a few questions from some of the some of the listeners here, if that's all right, mate, for you. Yeah, go for that. Um, Sophia Gatland, the sign girl, has asked, what is your favourite thing to get from the fish and chip shop? Which, which I yeah. said to was a brilliant question to ask a, a Scotsman. <laughs> well, I've got a few orders. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my top two. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm in Scotland, to do like a deep fried pizza. Just basically pizza, pizza and butter. Oh my days! I like, I like that. Um, a bit of brown sauce and that. I like that. And also another weird thing I get that my dad actually showed me is I get a buttered sausage, cut it in half, put it in a roll, and then put curry sauce in it, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not really down for curry curry sauce. Um, my my missus is from sort of halfway up north, so she'll have curry sauce and anything. But uh, deep fried pizza, I'm I'm down for that. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think it's just any, anything in Scotland that you put in a, a fish and chip shop is getting deep fried. So pizza yeah. <laughs> is just unbelievable. I think it's probably the best thing I've tried is deep fried. Uh, on on the, the food theme still, Ollie Bennett has asked, do you have a pre-game meal? I don't have a pre-game meal though, but I, I kind of stick to timings during a game day. Like if I think I normally have food around one o'clock. I like a bit of salmon before before a game, but like I'm not too I'm not too picky about what I eat. It can be salmon, chicken, bit of red meat, whatever. But generally mixing it up with a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbohydrate, just to yeah, yeah. But that's just it's just timings really. Like I'm I'm no superstitious or anything like that. So just as long as I go to a game and I'm I'm feeling good, it doesn't really matter what I eat to be honest. So you haven't got any sort of superstitious rituals or anything like that that you do? Has <sighs> to be. I mean, I say that, but like I'm going off based on what other guys, what I've seen guys do. Like some of the stuff I've seen guys do is ridiculous, but like for me, it's just like I put my my right skate on before my left, and I think it's that's just kind of comes like unconsciously for me. Really, I would do that anyway. Yeah, superstitions. Now, I'm I'm not big into that to be honest. Uh, Well, Matty Turner is on this episode a little later on, and I've been told by everyone he he is the king of the rituals and the superstitions. Uh, you'll be you'll have about half an hour podcast just talking about that. <laughs> uh, got a question from Daisy Arben. Is there a reason behind your number forty three? Well, when I was at Murrayfield for my first senior year, I asked for the number three, which I, I've kind of used in juniors and stuff like that, and the number twenty six because my favourite player is Rasmus Darwin. And when I walked in and see my jersey, the number forty three was pretty random, and it was actually funny because no other player on the team was three or twenty six. <laughs> so I was I was kind of I was baffled at that decision, but then I played well that year, and then I just stuck with it. Really, I don't really like to change up numbers or anything like that too much. But yeah, it was just it chose me. I like to say. Yeah, yeah. That's quite funny because you you wouldn't have got three or twenty six when you arrived at the Chieftains, would you? No, I know exactly. <laughs> so it worked out pretty well. It did work out well. So I'm assuming there's going to be a story to this question because it's come from your compatriot Kieran Rayner. Uh, do you love Patsy? 
No, nah, it's it's just it's just one of uh, one of my friends. It's not really a big story like that. <laughs> it's um, it's, uh, it's t- a touchy subject. Oh, is it? I'll just say that. Aye. <laughs> uh, and also got a question from Kieran's mum, Mama Rainer Elizabeth. Apart from your family, obviously, what do you miss most about your beautiful homeland of Scotland? Uh, I, th- I think it's like it's more. It's like I'm, I quite like to go and do like. Um, a lot of stuff like and I wouldn't say nature but like how like how walk and stuff like that is like nice lakes in Scotland but here it's a like it's mostly like kind of city city life do you know what I mean like whereas in, in Glasgow you can kind of escape from that and go to a, a lock and like the activities there go how walking you can kind of switch it up more than you can here I would say so I, I, would, I would say that definitely it's a little bit warmer here though Oh, it's much warmer here in Scotland. <laughs> it's, it's it's not even the, the wet, like the temperature in Scotland that bothers me. It's just how much it rains. Like you step off the plane and it's bucketing a rain. And it's, it's it's no nice. Just say <laughs> that even in summertime, it's like bucketing down a rain. So oh, that's the only difference I'd say. Um, last season, I, I remember you getting quite a, a nasty facial injury. Yeah. Um, but that all seems to have like cleared up now. It's gone quite good. Was that a puck? Yeah, it's, it's just like right there. Um, yeah. I got hit in the face with a puck and hmm. I didn't think much of it. I actually played the next day and then like the, it started to get a bit painful and I went to the doctors and got an x-ray and um, I, think, I think I broke my orbital bone and my jaw. But like I was quite lucky to be honest because I think it was maybe five, six weeks until the end of the season and like it was kind of borderline having to get an operation but the bone was like still straight so the doctor said I didn't have to get an operation which allowed me to play the rest of the season that else that would be my season done but I seem I seem to have quite a bad track record of getting hit in the face just in general so I, I, I might need to switch to a cage soon I'm thinking about it seriously thinking about it yeah there's a, a certainly there's no shame in it anymore is there going for the cage because it's oh, yeah. um, I mean, poor TJ having to go to work with that beautiful shiner and cut he's got from the weekend. No, he's the exact same as me. He's He gets hit in the face every second week, if not every week. So yeah. I think we might need to make the switch together. Yeah. He needs to give me the number of his dentist. I think he managed to get a tooth sorted for 60 quid in the space of two days. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, if I lose my teeth, my mum would kill me. So I don't think I'd need to worry about the dentist then. Is it part of your? Uh, I'm assuming, obviously, working and then playing this sport. You've got. Have you got some sort of personal insurance for injuries? I think the EIHA insure you at the start of the year, but you can get like um, personal insurance that covers you for like a weekly wage. But I've not looked into that too much. But yeah, cause I was thinking that was the yeah. must have been the only way that TJ managed to get a tooth done for sixty quid. <laughs> yeah, I think I think speaking to guys that have. Um, been injured for a long term in the past they've been covered by the EIHA but like I said I'm, I'm not 100% sure I think you can get like personal personal insurance that covers you um, out with the EIHA so yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's certainly a, a dangerous sport isn't it I've, so I remember talking to you down in Solent not long after you'd done the injury and your, your eye was quite was bled didn't it into your yeah. eyeball yeah I was, so I, was, I was quite I got quite lucky I'd say because it was so close to my eye and then so close to my teeth as well. I think it's, it's not the best case scenario, but like it's, it definitely wasn't the worst for what had actually happened. Uh, is that, is that the, probably the worst one you've had since you've been playing? Um, 
to be honest, it's like it's different from breaking a bone. Obviously, I did break my 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 elbow in my jaw, but like if you break your your ankle and stuff like that, then I think long term the recovery for that is is um, is brutal. And I dislocated my knee, I think four or five years ago, and like it took a long time to build the strength and stuff back up. I'd say that's probably worse than um, my face, just because of the long term kind of effects that I had. Yeah. But, Obviously, it's, it's the only one that's left a scar, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's the worst one. Uh, long term in the game, then, do you, uh, do you see yourself going into coaching? I don't know. I don't, it just depends what age, because um, I don't think I could deal with kids. I've, I've done sports coaching at college, and we've done some placements in, in primary schools and stuff like that, and dealing with kids just isn't my thing. I don't, I don't, <laughs> have, the, I don't have the patience for them, but I think adults that you can kind of like level with and stuff like that, I would be interested in getting into that, but maybe not now, maybe near the end of my career, I would say I would be more interested in doing something like that, yeah. Yeah, but I'll say you're still still young, aren't you? You've got quite quite a long way to go yet, hopefully. Yeah. So, building up to the playoffs then, obviously the, we've had the cup final. Uh, are the lads feeling more confident about the playoff final? Maybe the, uh, I said in my report that possibly the hurt that we all saw in your guys' faces is a, a bullet in the chamber. This yeah. weekend, yeah, I, I, I think the performance on Sundays definitely gave us more confidence going into the playoffs. Like all the guys know that we played well. Obviously, we couldn't get the result, but the performance was there, um, and we know that they were on the back foot most of the game, and we can do that next weekend. So, I think the biggest thing this week is just trying to forget about the cup final and like laying a new slate and like just focusing on the two training sessions and then take it game by game and just like no seeing how it goes but like like keeping the plan in mind pretty much yeah it's uh, as you say getting that cup final out of the system yeah and, and going on to the uh, to the playoffs sort of clean slate but Ethan Reid thank you so much for joining me on Zero Pucks Given mate it's been a real pleasure to talk to you I said I'd, I'd almost forgotten to do you because we talk quite regularly online I thought we'd yeah. already done it <laughs> so it's <laughs> That's all good, mate. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate no, mate. It. You're more than welcome. Uh, as I said, the Chieftain fans were all thrilled that you came back and we hope that we see you in the black and gold for many years to come. Thank you, mate. Good man. Cheers, Ethan. Thanks, mate. A massive thank you to Ethan Reid for joining me there. And now it's time for Hit of the Week. Hit. of the week then this week it comes from the second period of the second leg of the cup final as the chieftains were trying to pin the Invector dynamos back into their defensive zone show them who was boss and really try and put a foothold in the game as uh, as Invicta were trying to break out with their number 91 josh condren down their left across came captain handsome callum burnett and benched him hit of the week callum burnett Captain Callum there for Hit of the Week, fantastic stuff. Uh, Our final guest then, uh, someone I've been wanting to get on since he came back to the Chieftains after retiring at the end of last year, so we've got all that to discuss as well as a couple of little funny quips as well. Uh, We welcome Matty Turner to the podcast. Chieftains. Number 88. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>
Matty Turner, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, good, thanks you. Yes, mate, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I've already spoken to, to Ethan tonight, but uh, what's your thoughts on the weekend? I mean, well, we we played hard, didn't we? We, uh, we yeah, we give it everything we had, but um, it just wasn't our, our night last night for sure. Um, yeah, the boys battled hard, and fair play to Invicta. To be fair, they um, they played well, and their goalie stood on his head, didn't he? Yeah, we, we just couldn't put a bucket in it. Do you know what I mean? But it's one of those things. I mean, uh, Sasha played well, didn't he? Yeah, he was blinding. So was uh, Casey as well. Casey was brilliant. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think it wasn't, wasn't for us, was it? No, nah, I think, I mean, everyone looked like they'd skate through brick walls for each other last night. And uh, yeah. um, I think they just defended so well. As soon as we got anywhere near the goal, they just packed players in front of the goal. That's it, yeah. And just we, just like, we, had no, we had no quality shots, did we? Really? Not enough, anyway. No, nah, I mean, the best one we had dinged off the iron, I think, in the, in the second yeah. period. But it's, yeah, one of them things, I suppose. But, and then, as Ethan said, get it to bed. Get it to the yeah, back of the minds and move on to the playoffs. Because exactly, yeah. what better chance of revenge than going straight into another double header? Definitely, yeah. Which, uh, which yeah, we have found the, out. We've yeah, found out. I don't ready, know, I yeah, I don't know if you know. We've actually found out tonight. Home leg is Saturday. Away leg is Sunday. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, and yeah. Saturday nights in the Riverside are special. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. No, I think all, all the fans are as well. So I say I don't think anyone had a. A negative word to say about the weekend, so uh, yeah, everyone's really looking looking forward to exacting a little bit of revenge. Yeah. So uh, I'll let anyone know that's watching. We did not um, coordinate before, but we're both wearing Chicago Bulls hats. Are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but but we did not we didn't pre-coordinate that. <laughs> I don't even like basketball. <laughs> I mean, I, I always have to wear a hat nowadays. Yeah, well, so. we're, I'm in the same boat, mate. We've had, <laughs> <laughs> we've had this uh, with th- this conversation, not directly between the two of us, because I, I may have mistaken your hair colour in, <laughs> yeah, in, no, yeah. in another interview. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with being ginger. To be fair, I'd probably take a, a full head of ginger hair, to be fair. <laughs> Rather than going bald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think if I could actually grow in it, it would all be sort of silver now. But I'd, uh, I think I'd, uh, I think I'd actually go with that. So you retired at the end of last season after a, a pretty long and illustrious career, especially Essex-based hockey. Yeah. But lo and behold, a few months later, you were back. Only his injury covered to start with. Um, so yeah, talk us through that. So yeah, I mean. I was always going to be the first one to come back out of the three of us or four of us. How many, how many was there? Four of us? Five of us? It was I don't five. Know. Five of us. It was <laughs> yeah. you, you, Browner, Smithy, Aileen and Munsey. And Munsey's back as well. It's only, um, I think it's actually only James and Brownie that haven't come back. Yeah. But yeah, I was always going to be the first. I mean, I, yeah, I come and watch the game. I can't remember who they're playing now. but And I saw the boys and it just, I missed that buzz. Plus, I was starting to get a bit of a belly, so I thought oh, I'll give I'll give Bartlett a text to see if, uh, if Mark would let me out on the ice. And uh, yeah, he said come out. So I'd done that a couple of times, and he was like, oh, "Do you fancy playing?" I was like, "Look, I can't commit full time. This is what I can do." And he was happy with that, and yeah, I went from there really. Yeah, so originally it was announced to sort of injury cover, and, and numbers yeah. was definitely something we needed at the start of the season, particularly with like experience. 
um, with numbers. So did you feel like you slotted straight back in? Uh, I wouldn't say I slotted straight back in. I was a bit unfit. I was a bit rusty. Do you know what I mean? I was a bit unfit. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I knew a lot of the boys already, which was which was good. But yeah, it was just good to be back out on the ice, really. So of all the seasons that you played, um, obviously with some with Raiders as well, uh, as Chelmsford, have you got a particular favourite? I mean, my memory's terrible. Like my whole hockey career is like blended into one game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. I, I might need to get my head checked, really. But um, I mean, that Clarky year where we won, was it the quad? That was pretty special, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, there's some there's some fantastic pictures of the guys all on the ice celebrating there. Yeah. What I think was the the final trophy of that that quadruple. But um, a lot of players that I've spoken to have said that you've got the best hands that they've no, ever seen that. of anyone <laughs> playing with. Um, but for you, which player that you've played with has got the best hands? Best hands? Mm. I mean, Alien was pretty silky. Chongy as well. Um, I wouldn't say Jules. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that's a tough one. Yeah, probably Aileen. Aileen and, and Chongy. Yeah, I asked about I mean, anyway. Ham, Hammy as well. Danny Hammond was, was, was decent as well. Yeah, anyone who hadn't seen uh, James or Chongy play for Chelmsford really did miss out because they, mm. they were both quite incredible to watch. Yeah. Going back as well, like, I forget now, but like, people like Scott McKenzie, yeah, he could, he's still playing, I think. But yeah, he's, uh, he had some hands on him. And Darren Cotton as well. I'm sure I'm my age now. But yeah, Darren Cotton. <laughs> yeah. Um, out of all, I mean, obviously, I think most of the ones you mentioned there were having the good hands. Have you got a best import that you played with? Uh, yeah, when I was at, um, at Romford, uh, they had a D-man called Jan Krychek. His brother played in the NHL. I can't remember who. It might have been Arizona, well, Phoenix at the time, somewhere like that. But yeah, he was he was about seven foot tall. He had a cannon of a slap shot. He was He was unbelievable to play with. So smart. He was about 40 when I played with him, I think. But yeah, he was getting on a bit. But he was oh, really? Just, yeah, he was incredible. Did, did yeah, you feel like... Darius Plaskowskis as well. He was pretty good. He, I mean, I don't know if he's still playing now. But yeah, he was he was up there. Do you think, obviously, that it, that it does improve the local players and, and the sort of the English players to play more with these Canadians? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. 100%, yeah. Do you think it's enough that we've got in our league having two in each team? For our league, two is probably enough, yeah, because you want to be developing the the kids, really, getting them some senior ice and getting them progressing, really. So, yeah, yeah. I think two is enough. Because I know the, it's finding the right two. That's the, <laughs> that's that can the be the thing, bit. can't it? I mean, I know the elite yeah. league is going up to fifteen from next year. Is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I already think there's too many in in, in yeah. the elite. Um, national supposed to be jumping to four. Uh, I would like to see them. Apparently, I think the rule only came in this year that you're only allowed one on the ice at any one time. Because no. I, I seem to remember Miso Karenko and Daszczyk being on the ice together last year. No, that was only one, wasn't it? I, I, I was trying I to put it in my head. Someone was asking me about it. <laughs> but it's because um, obviously having Petr Cech in the squad this year, Yeah. when he plays, it hamstrings us because Sasha can't play. Yeah. And you see the way he played at the weekend. It's an incredible headache it's to have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he played brilliantly this weekend. Um, I mean, he even got promoted up to first line yesterday, I think, because he was having such a good game. And, um, yeah, 
That's one of those things, isn't it, with the, that rule? I mean, he shouldn't really be classed as an import, I don't think, because he's still young, isn't he? But, he is, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the other side of it is that I discussed with another, with a few other fans is that we don't know why Czech is classed as an import because he's lived and worked here for 20 years. It seems kind mm. of unfair on him as well, actually. But, um, you know, I think it will possibly go up in the future, but as you say, it's finding that balance, isn't it, of the right imports and getting the getting the British lads enough time on the ice but can learn off of these imported players. Yeah. Um, and then occasionally we are seeing ones jump from here and going over there, yeah. which is, is good. Liam Kirk, obviously, is the, the big one at the moment that everyone kind of gets on about. Have you, um, have you always had the same gear throughout your career? Obviously, I, I understand yeah, you probably I mean, replaced things as you've gone gone through but have you always stuck with the same brand yeah skates have always been bauer um i mean that's, to be fair that's probably yeah, the only thing i keep as as the same brand that and my helmet i think my helmet's always been bauer but um yeah it all changes but i mean i've had my shorts since i was like i don't know 19 <laughs> <laughs> my pads probably the same yeah leg pads yeah i think my leg pads i had when i was playing junior hockey i've still got them they're still going. Um, yeah. Have they, uh, have they got a smell all of their own? Is it? A... Yeah, yeah, they've got mold grind on them all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, it's such an expensive sport to play. If you had to replace that gear every year, it'd be a, yeah, exactly, it'd yeah. be an absolute nightmare. Um, have you ever had any personal sponsorship to help you out with any of that? <laughs> no, no. That's why. I've, that's why I've still got stuff from when I was a kid. Cause <laughs> of, yeah, too expensive. <laughs> Uh, I, was, I was seeing it quite a lot in the with the young women. The young women are getting themselves sponsors for equipment oh, yeah. and whatnot. Oh, um, nice. I've had a few on in the last few weeks and in this episode from the GB under 18s. Um, and yeah, getting themselves sponsors is you know, doing them the world of good. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's amazing that most of the lads are not getting it themselves. I mean, particularly with obviously we get the jersey sponsors, people doing the owning and loaning. But if you look at like the goalies pads, there's two massive advertising boards there yeah. on, on their legs. Yeah. They uh, they certainly could uh, could get some of it. Um, so what's the? I say you got your leg pads there. Is that the longest piece of kit you've had that's gone the longest? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, my leg pads are. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. I think um, Browner was probably the same, and he he's cracked like right at the end of last year, and he had to buy a new pair, obviously, because they were causing him so much discomfort. And then he and he just couldn't wear the new ones. He just and he cut them to pieces to try and get them to fit nice and he just yeah he, he can get on with them and then alien alien borrowed them i think in the end <laughs> he just he, he just battled battled through with the broken ones you gotta wear me and i suppose isn't you yeah yeah it's horrible breaking a new kit everybody hates it <laughs> well now you mention alien obviously he was on uh, a couple of weeks ago and i had a question that came to him from elliot dervish <laughs> that he wouldn't answer um I can't, so can, I just, you can't answer not, i can't I, I would love to show you but it's just not PG, so yeah. <laughs> well, I think technically the I, I keep the podcast clean, but the YouTube is different. So if, <laughs> if we say nothing, and I thought you might be sitting. To be fair, I, 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 yeah, no, it's not. It's not on my mantelpiece, but no. anyway. <laughs> I'd have to go and find it somewhere. It's in a yeah. bag somewhere. Probably not with your kids about. It's probably not best. No, exactly. what I'm imagining that it is. <laughs> so that's um, yeah. uh, and obviously that sort of brought up to of other people talking about about you everything that it always says about you is you are the most superstitious player that they play with yeah 
So yeah, it's, it's borderline. Like, I need psychiatric help. I think. It's, <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, one of the reasons why I retired. I think is just getting exhausted in all these routines and superstitions. But yeah, I yeah, mean, TJ, TJ told us of a couple, and now everyone that sort of sits in the little block that I'm in, they watch TJ do the circle three <laughs> times. They see you over the other yeah. side. Players into my superstitions, and then it becomes their superstition. <laughs> so, like Jules, Jules had a few for me, but now, uh, yeah, Rain has taken over one of them. Um, is that so his yeah. last on the ice one? Is it? No, 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 it does something in the room for me. Oh, does it? Yes, it give me, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like I say, it's it's bad. <laughs> I've got way too many. They're not necessarily superstitions, they're just routines, but and, and yeah, I just have to do them, do you know, just uh, to make yourself feel right when you get, get on the ice. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, but there's there's a lot. I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many now. But there's some you probably don't even want to reveal because since Rainer reveals that his is he loves to be the last person on the ice. We've yeah. had some pretty sort of like silly affairs at the end yeah. of warm ups with players standing there looking at each other, dangling a foot and and all sorts, yeah, just no, trying to wind him up. No, I'm normally like one of the first I think I'm either the first or second. I think Ethan's normally first off and then I'm second off. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them that stay out there probably a bit too long, don't they? But they're uh... Yeah. <laughs> I've got to try and conserve my energy, that's the problem. <laughs> getting old. <laughs> yeah, none of us getting any younger. No. So I've got a few uh, a few questions here. Most of clean, you've actually got away with it completely yeah. scot free, really, apart from there was there was one that we sort of dug out earlier about your hair. And yeah. are you gonna give up and shave it? Yeah, I need to, yeah. Well, the plan was after the wedding, but I, I, yeah, I just haven't got round to it. <laughs> uh, well, as I said to said player who decided to remain anonymous, I'm not sure. I why. mean, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't Ethan, was it? Because he can't really talk. <laughs> no, no, we're all in the same boat with him, me, you, and Ethan. I, I lost my choice a long time ago and just <laughs> gone. But grow a beard. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it. It makes it look a bit better. But yeah, I've got a few questions from the listeners. Ollie Bennett has asked, uh, what's your favourite film, hockey-wise or otherwise? Oh, that is a good question. I mean, I loved all the Mighty Ducks. I mean, my little boy's into them now, and he's only four, and he's quoting them and everything. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, Mighty Ducks. Miracle's a great hockey film. Yeah. That's probably, uh, yeah, I'd probably say it's my favourite hockey film. But... Favorite films, I would say, Goodfellas. I love oh Goodfellas. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, you have to. Uh, it will be clean, so it'll be all right for your son next week. But Matt Doherty is on the podcast next week. So. Yeah, I will, oh, Yeah, I was going to tell him. But yeah, I don't think you know, he'd expect to see the young kid. Abel what he looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks slightly different now. Yeah, that's I, I think he's pushing fifty, but he's a. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. Mighty Ducks is one of my favourites from back in the day, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, Sophia Gatlin, the the infamous sign girl from from the Riverside. Um, I'm sure you you may know the reasons to this. I think some people do, but um, why is your jersey number so small? <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> um, because they, um, obviously they had all the shirts made, and then they had to get like mine and Ethan's like last minute and they use a different supplier and they tried to copy the design but for some reason the numbers were small but yeah. it, we we did get replacements and it's slightly bigger now still yeah full size but yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I tell you like, that wasn't Sophia. That was uh, that was Lucy. That one. Sophia's asked, "What is your favourite Chieftains, Chieftains jersey and why? The warm up, the home, or the what and the away, or perhaps a vintage one from seasons gone by?" I like, uh, yeah, probably the one behind you. I like that one. Oh, last season's yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah, I did like those ones. I mean, they're quite plain, and but they're, yeah. It's old school, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's almost old school. Yeah, yeah. No, that was probably one of my favourites. Yeah, I, I did. Um, like, I did like this one. This one was really random. The the charity one from this year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah that's, um, unfortunately I didn't get to play that game, but no, that's an incredibly colourful jersey. Yeah, I'm trying to think back now to like like the seven up years and that when they were. I think we had like maroon, maroon and white. We were. Yeah, I do say yeah, some actually yeah. around the rink. There's some uh, yeah, some maroon and white. There's some sort of white with like a jade green on there as well. Yeah. In the in the chieftain's logo, yeah, was, a, I think it was in blue, red, and white at one point as well. I could be wrong. Taxi bus, yeah, I think it was a taxi bus year. You have to ask Wrighty; he'll, he'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Arista has asked, uh, "What's your most embarrassing moment as a chieftain?" Oh, I don't know. As a chieftain, um... is there a more embarrassing one as a raider? No, there's. <laughs> probably two as a raider well one as a spitfire and one as a raider yeah my i had a penalty shot my first ever penalty shot against ben clements and i'm uh, i left the puck behind <laughs> I oh, missed really? it. <laughs> yeah i missed the puck but i think i've made up for it now I've, i think i've i've scored on him quite a bit now which yeah i enjoy i enjoy doing to wind him up um i think one of but, them was yeah, in a never, shootout wasn't it against the invicta last season yeah, I think you, you stuck it through the five hole in the end, at the end of the shootout. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I normally do try and do the same move all the time, but um, and he knows that, so I thought I'd try something different, and it, yeah, he, he fell for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I've had I've had a, my blade fall out of my skate mid game. That was quite embarrassing. Trying to skate with nothing, no, no blade in your skate. No blade on. But other than that, yeah, no, I don't think I've. I, I, no, saying that, yeah, I, I stepped on the ice with my blade guards on. Came out. I was so pumped up for the game, I forgot to yeah take my blade guards off. Darren Brown found it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did have one of the elite league referees on earlier. I think it was episode thirteen, um, and he did that at Chelmsford. Yeah, to, yeah, come out of the entrance of his skate yeah, guards. Well, we only just found out Luca uh, fell over on uh, yesterday. I've got, I've got video of it. Yeah, I have someone put it in our group. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was uh, one of the sponsors had a good video of you all coming in, and um, I asked him if he had the like the first original bit where Luca did his Klinsman. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, that's I think Richie did it actually coming out for the third as well. I think Richie went flying, yeah. but it, it did look quite wet after after every cut. It looked sort of quite wet. There's so many people in there, weren't there? How many people did we have in? I don't think numbers. Well, I mean, it was a full sellout. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't think. Um, yeah. I don't think they like us telling the Riverside exactly how many people we have in there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think Ethan left the putt behind at one point because he got stuck in a, in a puddle. Yeah, that was it, right, yeah, right at the start, yeah. Yeah, right at the start of the third, I think. That yeah, lucky that nothing worse came of that. That would have been, yeah. been a right shocker. Is there, um, I noticed when you were at Romford earlier, you wore number eight. Uh, yeah. And now at the Chieftains, you've been 88. Is there a reason behind the eight or the 88? And did you have one because you couldn't have the other? So... My whole junior career, I was eight. Um, 
because I'm an Arsenal fan, it was for because Ian Wright had eight. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I went to Romford. I went and played Spitfires once I'd finished, um, yeah, my junior hockey because I, I, I was playing up Chiefs, but I weren't going to get a lot of ice time, so I thought I'll go over to their uh, their second team, the Spitfires, and my mate. Um, Ricky Mills, he he had he was an ex chieftain as well actually. He had uh, number eight, so I couldn't have that. So I went to seventeen. Then I started playing Raiders, um, and then they got an import in, and he wouldn't sign unless he could have number seventeen. So I was <laughs> like, well, I'll go I'll go back to eight then. And then yeah, I was eight all through that. Came to Chancellor, was wearing eight there, and then I left, went back to Romford, and then obviously Cam and Grant were eight and nine. When I came back, I wasn't going to get it back, was I? Let's be honest. No, <laughs> um, no not at all. Uh, so, yeah, I had, to, I had to go for 88. And, um, yeah, so. So, was your junior yeah. hockey all at Chelmsford? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I learned. Um, so, I used to live near Romford, but I never I went skating like once or twice. Um, and then we moved to Chelmsford in 97, I want to say, when I was, when I was nine. And, uh, yeah, my dad took us to, me and my brother, to go watch Chiefs play, and I was hooked. So then I was like, right, what have I got to do? Did all my skating lessons. had a trial with the mini Chieftains. Um, that was with Mike Ford. He's a Chieftain, uh, a Chelmsford coaching legend. Mike yeah, Ford. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, it just went from there, really. So, uh, and then obviously, and uh, right, right through the, the setup up to the Chieftains. Yeah, so I started last year um, on the yeah, under-12s. And I was fairly small for my age, so I had to try and because I was constantly playing up an age group as such, I had to adapt my game pretty quickly. And then, yeah, and then yeah, I was I think I played my first Chiefs game when I was fourteen, maybe maybe fifteen in like a, a friendly. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I was just I was playing Chiefs. I'll say playing. I was I was a rookie. I was just on right the bench the getting the odd get, yeah getting the odd shift <laughs> here and there. Scored a couple of goals. I, <laughs> My first, my first Chieftains goal um, was in Slough away, and um, yeah, it was a power play, and I, I was on the ice, and I turned around, and I was like, "Is anyone like looked at asking Douglas who's the coach?" I was like, "You're going to call me off?" And no one called me off, so it was me, Dwayne Ward, and I think it was Ross Jones or someone. Um, yeah, won the face off. Well, yeah, Wardo won the face off, went in the corner, passed it to me in the slot, and I scored. And it was Leone who was meant to be on the ice, <laughs> and, he, and he, I don't, I don't think he's ever forgiven me for it. But, um, yeah, I stole his goal, essentially. Unfortunately, I didn't make it to Invictus Saturday night for the first leg, but uh, someone sitting behind me told me your goal was quite special on Saturday night. It was, it was right. It wasn't as good as Rainers. It was it was similar to Rainers, but Rainers was better. But, uh, do you still get the same excited feeling when you score? Yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, you, you can't replicate it, really. No, I mean I've never I've never played ice hockey. I've, I've scored plenty of goals playing football, and I've I've done boxing. Boxing is probably as close as I could probably get. If, if you win in boxing, that's probably about as close as I'd say scoring a goal <laughs> yeah. in front of, front of a crowd. But I didn't win very often at boxing either. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was what they known as a journeyman. I would I would take I'd pay me anything. I'd take a beating. <laughs> so but yeah, certainly certainly kept me fit. I know a few of the lads. Um, in hockey have done a bit of boxing obviously just for that fitness and yeah uh if any enforcers have you, have you ever had a, a fight on the ice uh, yeah i wouldn't call them fights i mean it doesn't seem your style uh, it's, it's a, no i mean i've got it's, it's a it's a running joke because like i've had 
scuffles and then of it the pictures that have come out make it look like it's like I've won the fight. So I, I tell people that I'm I'm free for free. <laughs> even though it was zero punches thrown, <laughs> but the photos look like they, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Like, if it happens, it happens. But have you seen a change in the game at the length yeah. of time that you've been playing it? Because I think it's it's improved rapidly in the last sort of three or four years. It's been a massive improvement. Yeah, yeah, skill wise and pace and yeah, the roughness is sort of coming out of the game. Really. Yeah, what would you put that? What would you put that down to? Would you say the training and the coaching's better? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's the same as the NHL, isn't it? Like the the fighting's getting less and less in that, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, they're certainly like trying to push it. It's out. more, it's more skill, yeah, skill based and yeah, more goals and things like that. Well, I mean, it's it's testament really to what happened Saturday night, where obviously all the all the fans enjoy a good fight, and we know Kieran Ray yeah. enjoy, enjoys a good fight, but that put him out of Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I don't so, I don't think he actually wanted to go, but when someone's hitting you in the edge, you kind of got to go, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to you got to, and he ended yeah. up winning it winning it quite comfortably, but the, yeah, yeah, like I say, getting that five minute penalty and getting that penalty point tips him over the edge, and he's he's missed yeah. Sunday and he'll miss Saturday as well, so it's yeah. Yes, I can kind of see why they're trying to push it out. It's always, I think, it's always there for the entertainment. But I think if you also look at the the tactical side of it, it clearly worked on Saturday because we were we were two 0 yeah. down at the time, and it, I think got the crowd up, got the boys up, and, and within ten minutes of that, it was two two. Yeah. So it's um yeah, I think tactically wise, it's still something that could, that can be used. But yeah, I, I had Sean McMorrow on previously played a bit in the NHL and. AHL and over here and that was his game he was the enforcer he fought anyone he yeah. could but he knows it's coming out of the game doesn't think it'll ever be gone for good no I don't think it will be gone I mean in a well even in our league the players that that fight only normally fight the, the other fighters you know I mean? yeah. it's not like and there's a there is a respect at the end of it um yeah I don't think it'll ever go out of the game but it's definitely yeah. Yeah. Slowing down, yeah. As long as the, as you say, they probably the enforcers will fight the enforcers, wouldn't they? They won't start yeah. sort of no. picking anyone else. And it doesn't seem to be something that the young players that come through have got any interest in. No, they wouldn't just dangle and score goals, really, don't they? Yeah, they they want to do the bit that looks good, don't they? On on the yeah. ice. But the, um, who was do you think was the best player you played with junior-wise that never really progressed? Junior-wise. Hmm. I mean, there was there was some really good juniors. I don't, I didn't actually play with them. So like Richie Gunn, right? You'll know him. Um, he's, I think he's really good friends with him. Um, like he played GB and stuff, and he had bags of talent, but sort of just yeah faded away after juniors. Um, Life gets in the way, I suppose. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Other things take over. Um, who else is? I mean, like Frankie Harvey at Romford, he was unbelievable. He shot. He could shoot. He, he, he was, his release was so quick and he had like, hands and speed and he could hit and he shot yeah he had a rocket of a shot but again work takes over and the other things have become more important yeah have you um have you got a favourite goal that you've scored or if it wasn't the power play goal at Slough <laughs> <laughs> favourite goal yeah Chieftains fans might hate me for saying this but it was against 
few things <laughs> when I played for Romford, and it was against Ben, which makes it even better. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a video on my Instagram somewhere of, uh, yeah, I walked through Al Green and Alex Staples and then around Ben. That was probably my favourite goal. Thanks, in. Superb. Yeah. Well, Matty, thank you so much for joining me. I know it's late. I've kept you for quite some time. Um, but yeah, real, real pleasure to have you on. We're, we're all really glad you come back for, for this season. And uh, no pressure, but we'd love to see you back again next season. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Thank you very much, Steve, mate. Good luck for the rest no, of the season. Obviously, a big weekend Cheers, coming up. And uh, yeah. yeah, hope we do well. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Cheers. A massive thank you to Matty Turner for joining me. Really, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed talking to all my guests this week. I've seen another massive thank you to Ethan Reed and to Talia Davidson-Wright as well for joining me. Thank you guys all for joining me as well. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Obviously not the result we wanted from the weekend just gone, but we've got a chance to, to try and put it right now as we're going to head to Invicta Dynamos on this weekend to find out who is going to take on Widdersheim Streatham in the first semi-final at the Milton Keynes showdown, the playoff finals. Uh, so, yeah, all looking forward to finding out exactly what day round they're going to be. We may well know by the time this is out on Wednesday, but as for time of recording, we're not 100% sure. But looking forward to the playoffs nonetheless. It's always the showpiece of, uh, of the hockey, end of the hockey season, the postseason stuff. And uh, for anyone who's not been to the playoffs before or even been to playoff hockey, it's just a completely different style. It's... It's really, really exciting, really fantastic knockout hockey. So we're looking forward to those two games. And hopefully, as I said, the, the hurt from losing that cup final is a bullet in the chamber and we can try and set it right this weekend against the old foes, the Invicta Dynamos. Uh, so next week's episode then, we'll obviously have a breakdown of, of the playoff quarterfinals between ourselves and Invicta, Streatham and Milton Keynes, Solent and Oxford and Slough Jets and Romford Raiders. We'll break down all of those games. Uh, and then I've also got a very, very special guest that obviously I've teased and then released. And then you've got sent me some brilliant questions for him. We will be joined by Matt Doherty, who played Averman in the Mighty Ducks trilogy uh, back in the 90s. So we're really looking forward to that episode next week. So thank you once again for everyone for joining me. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.